Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Piffles Podcast, your Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. A little bit of a stripped-down version because the guy who normally has all the bells and whistles, uh, he took off to Vegas. And we don't know if we'll ever see Greg again. So you just got me, Alex, and you got Steve over here, of yep. course. Steve, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. We got no, we got no Greg today, so uh, we gotta, we gotta do this right. Already in a better mood already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have so much to get to, but such little time to do it in. Um, Piffles podcast, of course, brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Piffles Pod. You can give me a follow at Real Alex D. And I don't need your pity follows at Safamod. Oh, he's I thought I'd so give a little mad. bit of Greg flavor. Oh, he's going to be so <laughs> mad when he hears this. All right, let's jump to the opening kickoff. Of course, of course, presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Riders Lions preseason game last week. First off, before we even talk about the game itself, I want to jump right to the very end, to the part where they won. The first time they won a preseason game since 2014. Can you believe that? No matter how many times I heard that stat over the last few years, it seemed impossible. Like, how? How? I understand preseason games mean nothing, but how do you not accidentally at least win a couple in a decade? It was fantastic. It felt it was, like a real win. And it was their first home one in, uh, well, even longer than that, because that one win in 2014 was against Ottawa when they <laughs> first came into the league, although that game was at Taylor Field. So technically a road game, but uh, wins and losses don't matter. But it's good for the psyche of the team, I think, just to you know come back the way they did, of course, winning 30-27. to 27. Uh, Let's jump to the start of the game here and kind of go through it here, Steve. Um the big question was the quarterbacks coming in. Who's going to get you know the most playing time? We knew Trevor Harris wasn't going to play in this game. Jake Dolagala got almost the whole first half. What were your takes uh, from Dolagala? You know what? He looked poised. He the thing I noticed right off the bat. It's something that's been missing in Rider Nation for the last few years. Right from play one, he went through his reads. He didn't. He didn't just one read, panic, run, or that damn blind run that uh, that Cody loved to do it. It was just, it was it was good to see right out of the gate. That's what you want to see from your guys is is poise and you know not panic. That was actually the very first thing I really noticed about Dolagala. There was a couple plays where he went through his first, second, third, even to his fourth read and had to check it down to the running back. But you can see his head move, his eyes move as well. Like he was looking down the field, seeing what was there. First guy not open. And for a guy in a second year, that's what you want to see is that progression in his, you know, learning defenses and, and understanding what defenses are doing. And I mean, even if it's a dump down to the running back, take what the defense gives you and, you know, live to see another play, right? And he did that and he scrambled a couple times as well. Took a little while for him to get going, but usually that happens in the preseason with just about everybody, which we saw. Um, but I thought I thought he did okay, and I, I was a little bit surprised that he got as much time as he did. I thought they'd go to Shea Patterson a lot sooner. Um, Patterson had a bit of a slow start in the first half, a little bit in the second half as well, but came back with a with a touchdown drive, and he looked okay. I, I think you could like rinse and repeat my comments for every quarterback here, but he, um, 
he he struggled out of the gate. He didn't look great right off the bat, but as he continued down the down the line, he got better. The, he got more comfortable, and he looked like he belonged. And it was just one of those took a little bit to wipe the rust off, and I'm okay with that. But they all all three of them. You you even go down the line to Mason Fine. I mean that first pass was ugly. I could have picked that off. Like yeah, it was so. as bad a throw as I've ever seen at from inside the five. And you, and I thought, and the funny part was in our little DM chat that we've got during games, I go, as soon as Shea Patterson's a few plays in, I said, wow, looks like Jake's got the, the start or the backup quarterback spot lined up. And he turns around and, and makes things happen and puts himself back in. Then I said, right after the pick, I'm like, well, that's the end of Mason fine. And he turns around and, uh, throw his two touchdowns and again looked pretty solid once he got the rust off. What I really liked about Mason Fine was uh, obviously after that first pass, the first the the pick six there um, was was his ability to bounce back and basically just pretend like it didn't happen. And you want to see that out of the quarterback. They're not worried about their last throw; they're worried about their next throw. And we saw that as he led two touchdown drives, throwing both touchdowns to Mitch Pickton. Um, but he made some really, really good throws. It wasn't just dink and dunk offense. They were actually pushing the ball, especially when they were down there in the fourth quarter uh, to come back and, and pull the game out. And I really liked that out of him, just to the growth there for Mason Fine. I've been on record. I'm not his biggest fan. I'm, I'm not going to be down on him by any means, but I just feel like they could have done better. And he's proven me wrong here, and that's great. Um, so what I took about what I took out from all the quarterbacks was that there's no easy decision here for backup quarterback, and that's the good news. The bad news is they're probably going to have to dump one, at least one. Um, who knows what kind of you know injured lists or whatever they can stash people on? Um, but it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out, especially in this you know, second preseason game coming up on Friday. That backup, we did not, I wanted to see someone step up and try and take that role and say, I am the number two guy here behind Trevor Harris. They all did that. And it's going to be really tough for Coach Dickinson and the rest of the coaching staff to figure out who they're going with. So that's a good problem to have. <laughs> like you said, what a what a great problem. We went, we went from who the hell is going to back up Trevor Harris to, who are they going to cut? And to me, it's probably going to be Mason Fine, just based on who they gave time to. You know, he's already starting from the back end, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little paper cut and finds himself on the sixth game to start the season, and they they roll with four. Now, guys, blocking for the for the quarterbacks. What was great about uh, the offensive line in this game was well, first off. It was a it was a jumble. It got mixed up in the first half. It got mixed up mixed up in the second half. There were guys playing everywhere. Um, it was not the, the the potential starting lineup by any means. Um, they did not give up a sack, and we haven't said that about a Riders O line since twenty twenty one, maybe maybe even twenty nineteen. I I don't even know the last time I I walked away from a game and and thought you know did he even get hit legally I, I i don't remember seeing anything like it never seemed like there was any concern back there 
I realize it's preseason. You're not going to see a lot of the stunting and a lot of the, you know, the things that tend to give up sacks, but we saw good protection overall. Is it wrong to be confident going into the the season? You know, Uh, with, with one obvious exception. It feels a little weird. Yeah. To say that, I mean, this was only essentially two, maybe three of the starters actually playing. So that was, uh, it, it was good to see. Um, and you don't get to the fourth progression like Jake Dolagala did a few times without solid O-line play. And they gave him the time. The running block, the run blocking was, was very good. Um, they were making holes everywhere, especially in the second half. There's, again, one preseason game, we're not going to go out and plan the parade route, but it really seems like Jeremy O'Day really did his homework on the O-line and found some guys and... It's it's good. We're, yes, we're going to see them, you know, struggle at times, just a new group gelling. But they're going to show growth, and it's going to be a good O line. And I'm looking forward to seeing, I guess, pretty much all of the almost all the starters this week against Winnipeg. Um, we'll talk about Gerald Hawkins in a little bit, the projected left tackle, uh, who won't be playing in this game. Um, but I, I can't say enough about the O line from this game. It was just that was exactly what you wanted to see and again yeah vanilla defense vanilla offense you're not really you know gonna see too much stuff happen what i did like was them uh it was at the end of the first half when there was that huge delay uh when uh shea patterson got hit late and uh it was evan johnson and it was one other guy number 62 i think it was shorts um came into his defense and shoved the guys away. Now, we harp, harp on discipline and penalties all the time with this with this Riders team. Um, those ones I'm okay with, especially in the preseason. If you're going to back up your quarterback, that's exactly what you want. You absolutely stole my thunder there. When I, when I saw those, my first thought was, great terrible discipline you can't be doing that and then my second thought instantly followed was don't be an idiot they're backing up their quarterback they're they're showing he's their guy whoever's behind center is their guy you touch him you die and that's something we've had missing from this team for quite a while and i i would like to see that every time you hit our quarterback late you you better know that somebody's coming for your head you know not coming for your head i don't want to see head injuries but somebody's coming for you that's that's what you need you need that fear if you're going to take those liberty shots so hopefully that uh um penalties hopefully they sort themselves out but the uh the o line to getting that toughness back uh that was a big thing for me this offseason was just to get a little bit more nasty on the o line uh whether it's in piles whether it's run blocking whether it's backing up your quarterback, I don't care what it is. Like, let's get a little bit more nasty. And we saw a little bit of that this uh, this preseason game. Um, again, with most of the backups. Um, so we'll see how the starters do this upcoming week. Um, the running backs, since we're sticking on offense here, BJ Emmons and uh, Javian Hawkins both looked pretty good in the first half. Rodney Smith had some big holes in the second half. And a lot of people were wondering, who's going to be the third running back. Well, I don't know if they're going to keep three running backs on the roster. Um, Keenan LaFrance is probably going to be on the roster just as a Canadian special teams player. Uh, So he's going to be that emergency running back in game. But if 
they can convince one of these guys to stick around on the practice roster. Looks like they have some pretty good options. You know what? I, I'm trying to look back or think back to the game. It feels like it's been forever. Um, the the one running back who dropped the ball again, I I said to ever, the guys around me, I, I'm like, well, you're cut. You dropped the ball in preseason. You're you're done. But he even he picked himself up and dusted himself off and and had a decent rest of his performance. It wasn't anything spectacular, you know. We didn't see any of the the Keith Toaston back in his time where he just <laughs> as soon as he got the ball, he he went he went yard like it just felt like he was gone. There was none of that. But you're not expecting that in preseason. You want the consistent running. And that shows you the the O-line and the running back. We saw both of those. You know, it's obviously a very locked in position already. You're not you're not made no nobody in camp is making the starting, you know, the the the, the main depth chart. They're fighting for that, you know, training camp or that uh oh my lord, the the practice right. roster spot. Right? Like they're they're making that. They want they want to have their chance down the line, and I think they they showed they can get it. Well, look what happened last season when uh, both Morrow and Hickson were out. It was oh, let's call up Shaq Cooper. Oh, let's call up Shaq Cooper. Like it happened what three times last year that he got called back up, and nothing against him, but there was nothing special about him when he came in and you know played. It was mostly Keenan LaFrance that took the handoffs, not not Shaq Cooper when he got into the games. But it looks like they have some guys that they could probably rely on. So again, scouting, we talked about O-line, we talked about quarterbacks, running backs. The scouting seems to have worked this season. So I'm not sure what flip switched here, but only good news, only good news. Um, Switching over to the defense. um, I thought the D-line, the run defense was absolutely stellar the whole game. They didn't let BC get anything going on the ground. And I know it's a passing league, but when you can shut out the run completely, you're going to have some very successful days on the field. Uh, we saw last year what happens with if a team can't either can't or decides not to get a run game going. You know, you you have a D line that pins their ears back and and takes over. A solid run D is just as important as a solid uh, passing defense. You need that in the CFL, and they did they did all right. You know, there was some issues covering. Uh, number 77 for the the Lions, he seemed to be everywhere. But outside of that, I don't really see the, the defense having much of an issue across the board. No, I thought they got uh, pressure on Dave, Dane Evans a few times. Um, the secondary was, I mean, for the most part, pretty okay. Uh, that one receiver for BC, what is he, six foot eight or something like that? Like, yes. I mean, good luck, good luck to anybody trying to cover that. Um, so, uh, to him, for him getting that touchdown in the first half, I mean, the defender was there. It's just, that guy is massive. What are you going to do against six foot eight? Yeah, exactly. Hope hope and a prayer. And what I really liked, and this goes to a linebacker was Micah tights. There was a play in the first quarter where tights on second down dove across the field, knocked the ball away, caused an incompletion. And when he got up, you can just see he was so pumped about that. And that was like his I'm back moment. And when I've watched him follow that to the sideline, he was so pumped and I was so pumped for him. And if that's the play we're going to get from Micah Tights, you know, back to the 2021 version that we saw, if that's what we're getting in 2023, possibly better, 
I mean, Larry Dean, we saw, was the comeback player of the year last year if, if the CFL had that award. You have Derek Moncrief, who hopefully shouldn't miss much time, if any, in the regular season. That linebacking core is looking pretty good. And just, I, I was so happy for Micah Tights on that play. That was not a preseason play to him. You could tell that the the injuries and the time off was, was in his head. He needed to go out there and, and do something. And the moment he did, he was, like you said, he was back. He was ready to go. And I, I was right there with you. He just, the, the way he celebrated it, you could tell it meant more than just a, a knockdown in a preseason game. And I love to see that kind of thing. You don't, you don't usually see a lot of that in game, not hot dogging, but the, the celebration after a, a, not a nothing play, but you know, you don't see that in preseason. I love to see that. I love to see guys amped up and, and pumped up for a preseason game. Well, we I want to see more few, of that. We saw that a few times with the, uh, with the coverage team. I mean, that's how a lot of guys make rosters in both the CFL and the NFL. If you can make an impact on special teams, we saw some of these, some of these guys laying huge hits. It was a physical game at, at times there. Like there are some big hits. And I mean, that's what you want to see, especially we talked about it last episode. Craig Dickinson said it's not fair to rookies. That training camp is so short and they only really have, you know, two games, less than two games really to show what they have make an impact like that, that's going to go a long way in the coach's book. So based off of one preseason game, I like what I saw out of this team. Um, there's going to be some very tough decisions for the coaching staff, for Jeremy O'Day, as to who they're going to keep around, how they're going to manipulate all the injured lists and whatnot. Uh, so we'll see how they work that out. That'll happen uh, on Saturday, I think. The official lists have to be in, so by Saturday evening, so we might not find out until Sunday what the final roster is, including the practice roster, because uh, you have to release a guy and get him to agree to go onto the practice roster. Um, but it was just, it was good to see. If, if there was one guy you mentioned, you know the the rookies who take their chance and run with it. If there was one guy I could point out, and I think he really set himself up for future success is number 24, Deontay Williams, uh, defensive back. He just, when he was on the field, it looked like he was everywhere. Knockdowns, tackles, special teams. He was he was the first guy down there, made a few uh, solid leg tackles. Just seemed to be all over the place. And like you said, like Craig Dickinson said, you know, you don't get a lot of opportunities. He grabbed his and ran with it. Well, and what's interesting about him is that if uh, they put Jeremy Clark at corner, all of a sudden a halfback spot opens up. So that could be the Deontay Williams spot. Of course, CJ Revis is, is there as well too, because he's the one that's, you know, basically backing up Derek Moncrief in the Sam linebacker spot, which is a cover spot. They have some guys, they have some guys and they have options where they can play, where they can play some of these guys. So you don't necessarily have to have a guy, you know, just playing the, the wide side corner just to kind of have them out there. Um, these guys can move around. You got a guy like Jeremy Clark who can play anywhere in that defensive backfield. Um, it's going to be a str as long as they stay healthy. I mean, you can say that about any positional group across the league, but as long as they stay healthy, that's a really good defensive back group that they have here uh, with the Riders. We've harked um, back on it. Scouting, scouting, scouting. 
they they did something right. Hopefully it translates come uh, the regular season. Uh, one thing in the game, and I feel bad for him because everybody made fun of him, and we're going to make fun of Musaman right now. Basically just Greg uh, from Musaman. Um, that's the only reason. Because he's why. not here to defend himself? Exactly. Um, yeah. The uh, Where is Mac the Moose located? And it was Moose Jaw, Musaman, and I forget what the third option was. I looked at Amy. I turned around and I looked at her and I said, I bet you he says Musaman. Sure enough, he said Musaman. I don't know what rock that guy has been living under uh, for the last few years with the whole Mac the Moose and Moose Jaw campaign that they had going on. Um, learn some geography, bud. Like you gotta, you gotta know this. But at the same time, I felt super bad for him because everybody was laughing at him, and uh, I was like, I, I kind of want to laugh, but I don't either. I, I love the moment he said Mooseman, and you could hear the groan followed by the laughter across the stadium. Like it took yeah. everybody that whoa, what? Like it was, it was a fantastic sound. But in fairness to him. I'm fairly certain I heard him say something along the lines of, I didn't hear it, or I didn't hear what you yes. said, but Musiman. So I I feel okay laughing because the situation is funny, and I don't think he guessed wrong so much as just guessed at what he thought the question was. So it's, you know, eh, I'll still laugh at it. I think it was funny. <laughs> Well, that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Uh, let's move on to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. And speaking of Churchill, of course, hopefully some of you were able to get some Churchill at the preseason game. They were in the craft beer area. So if you're a craft beer guy or girl and you wanted to go out there and, uh, and enjoy something local, Churchill was there. And uh, hopefully they'll be there throughout the season as well, too. So give them a shot. Um, want to talk about... Uh, Again, the preseason game, but the stuff off the field. And it was the $5 food menu. Now, last week on the episode, we basically said we had no idea what it was, but our hopes weren't that high for it. Um, I th You went around the stadium and actually found what all these options were. And Steve, be positive this time because I'm sick of people calling me negative when it's you crapping on it, okay? Um, <laughs> but there were some really good options for the $5 menu. Pierogi bowls. This is yeah. Saskatchewan. A $5 yes. pierogi bowl? Give me 10 of them. I will eat. I think it was, I think there was either eight or 10 pierogies in this bowl. And there was, you know, bacon bits and, and everything with it. I'm, I'm not mad about that. That was, that's it. That's if, if every vendor just had pierogi bowls, I'd be down. I'm really hoping that that's a consistent staple for the rest of the year. Because if I go next at the home open and try and buy a $5 pierogi bowl and it's suddenly $11, I'm throwing hands. <laughs> but there but, there was some other good ones too. There was uh, Fresh and Sweet or Fresh Carnival had a $5 apple crisp. There was a, a spring roll and wonton soup. You know, there was there were some decent options. I It was better than I expected, but still in the same sense exactly what I expected because half of the vendors had $5 menu items for things that should just be $5 like french fries or 
Uh, one of them had popcorn. Uh, one of them had um, like the ice cream treats. Those are $5 things. Those should not be a discounted $5 item. But overall, I was I was happy with what I saw. I just want to see better participation from, and I said it in my article, the the lazier options. You know, don't give me the $5 fries. Put something, get something that you want to sell next game. Like if the pierogi bowl goes up to eight or nine dollars, still a good deal. But I I want to see those kinds of options as your five dollar item. You know, drop your food item. Let me have a meal for ten dollars. And sorry, speaking of the the vendors, can some of these vendors learn what a family pack should be? Because there was I I can't remember which one it was, but one of them had it was two hot dogs, two drinks, and two popcorn. That's not a family pack. That's a date night. Do it right. Most of them were okay, but that was ridiculous. Still a good deal, but don't call it a family pack. Call it a $35 date night. Call it what it is. But what family is ordering two hot – sorry, I'm getting negative again. I apologize for the, (laughs) the blowback on you. Yeah, you can send your uh, your angry messages to Alex. Um, I will take them all. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. I didn't go walk around uh, too much in the stadium. Um, we we actually got the Avana Platinum upgrade ticket upgrade. So I normally sit with uh, in your section too in the end zone. Um, but for two hundred points for the Rider Rewards, we got put up in section three hundred eight. Uh, so it's about goal line, but you're angled pretty well. Um, on the riders bench side, a great sight line, great sight line, um, has its own private concourse, uh, own private, uh, bathrooms, own concession that nobody else can access. Um, there was free popcorn in there. They were just the little bags, but how many little bags did you eat? Uh, six that night. Um, I had six of those, um, which I feel is a, probably about the equivalent of one of those big buckets that you see the kids walking around with that are like $17 or whatever they are. Yeah. I feel like I ate $17 worth of popcorn uh, at the game. So it's those 300 sections are the reason why all the other food items are so much because y'all get in your free popcorn. So they have to make their money everywhere else. Yes. Um, But for, (laughs) I mean, for rider reward points, I had, when I started the season and they rolled over some from last year, I don't know how I still had some, but I, I had 4,600 points. There, It's only 200 points to upgrade, and that's for two tickets. So I'm doing that as long as I possibly can. I already have my tickets upgraded to there for the home opener. Um, taking my mom. She's going to be super excited, and no bad-mouthing Kim Mitchell in front of my mom, okay? Because she she that's the reason why she picked this game that she wanted to go to. <laughs> I get Literally the only person who got tickets because of Kim Mitchell. Literally, I, there had to be one. That's okay. Oh, I'm not allowed to mention that name again. I don't want to. I don't want to see the trending topic ever again. Um, but uh, if you have the Rider Reward program, go on there. And if you want upgraded seats or something like that, it was actually really good. It was really super simple. You just either go up two flights of stairs, or the elevator goes right up to to the doors. There, it's nice, convenient, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. And we we've seen it all over the stadium. The the views from basically everywhere are great. Those those three hundred level seats. We've done it once before. I loved it. I'll definitely do it again this year at least once. Um. All right. 
Well, we're kind of pressed for time here because uh, I have to run here. Um, but we want to take a look at this next preseason game. Riders at the Bombers, Friday at 6.30. Uh, this one's going to be on TSN. Um, so we can all actually enjoy the game and not have to worry about a stream, which apparently there are some issues with this one. Um, I don't know how long it lasted, but some people said that they were having issues with it. But hopefully that's not the case anymore going forward. Um, but this is going to be our first chance to actually see Trevor Harris. Um, how long do you play Trevor Harris and the starters in this game? Uh, Trevor Harris, you have to give him a half of football. You, you have to give him that time to get comfortable with this offense, with this team. And I think you roll most of the starters out there with him. I, I don't want to see much less than that full half. You know, especially the O-line and Trevor Harris. The defense, I don't think you have to worry as much about. But the offensive side of the ball, get them time to gel, get them co- some consistency. Half a football. I think that the offensive line will probably stay a little bit longer than Trevor Harris does, at least the projecting starting offensive line. Um, I think Harris gets about a quarter and a half, um, probably about seven or eight minutes left in the second quarter. He'll come out. Uh, but you're going to see the starter starting O-line and starting receivers stick around. And that's who I, when I'm going to be really interested, which quarterback comes out next with that starters group, because that guy, unless he absolutely blows it, and throws interceptions and just looks awful is probably going to start the season as the number two guy. It's going to be Jake Dalagala, 100%. I'm thinking so. Um, but I don't know. Mason Fine made, made a really good uh, good impression there to bring the team back. I know it's it's against backups, I know, but... Hey, I, I can't see it being anybody else. You don't give Jake Dalagala a half of football in the first game, if he's not the guy you're really looking for and nothing he did would, would to me question that he, he is that guy still. If he would have come out and crapped the bed, I could see them making a move for either Patterson or, or fine. But I think given what the, the amount of time they gave Jake, you know, and the way he drove that field, I think he's your, he's your go-to. I don't remember where I was going to go from there. Um, <laughs> is there any starting other starting positions that might have a spot open? Like, what about the receivers? So we know Darrell Walker, um, Jake Weineke. Is it going to be Sean Bain? Is it going to be Tevin Jones as kind of the third American there? Uh, maybe that's a starting spot that's open uh, in this preseason game. Um, the second Canadian beside Braden Linius. I mean, Mitch Pickton made a pretty good pitch for it there in the last game um or is that just gonna be a rotation what do you think of the receivers if you would have told me two weeks ago that i'd be excited that uh um that jake doligal or sorry i got sidetracked if you would have told me that i'd be excited that um mitch Pickton would be likely the the second receiver in there i'd have called you crazy i haven't been high on mitch Pickton for several years now but he seems to have come to camp and come to that preseason game in a in a different mode. He was on fire when he was on the field. I don't think there's much of a get or much much chance of anybody leapfrogging frogging him at least until you know obviously when KSB comes back, it's going to be him and Lenius to to run the show. But I'm okay with with Picton 
stepping in there. On the flip side, I was not really that excited with what I saw to Sean Bain. Nothing he did while he was on the field. And I tried to kind of keep my eye on him while he was out there. Cause like you, he was one guy that I was excited to see. I, I was hoping to see something and I really didn't. There just didn't seem like a whole heck of a lot. Juan Breskison maybe is uh, another guy that might step into that Canadian spot though. They seem to really highlight him when he was on the field with a lot of those those dumps, those screen passes to get him some open field because that's where he shined when he was in Calgary. That's that's his play. And I don't know if he did enough to to leapfrog anybody, but he did enough to at least get another look. Yeah, he'll be part of the rotation for sure. There's no way that you bring in a, a vet like Breskison and, and have him not make the team. There, there, to me, there's no way you do that, especially with how young the Riders receivers are, uh, the Canadian receivers are. Um, so having that vet there is a good thing. Um, I'm curious who of the kind of the rookie American receivers gets an extended look. Um, Keith Corbin, the third ended up having a, a pretty decent game in, in the preseason here in the first one. So I wonder if he'll maybe get some runs with the ones instead of a Tavin Jones or, or Sean Bain, just to see if, if, that's a potential thing maybe later down the year or when injuries happen, whatever the case is. Uh, so I'm looking to see, I'm looking to see what they do with that third American spot. Um, I'm thinking it's probably going to be Sean Bain or Tevin Jones. I think both of them make the active roster and and one's just a backup. And I, I really do think it's going to be a lot of rotation uh, through receivers. We're going to see Mario Alford uh, come in as a receiver a few times as well too. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kelly Jeffrey does in that sense. But that's, I mean, that's a conversation for next week once the regular season starts, um, when they're still doing, you know, kind of vanilla stuff here in the, in the preseason. Um, but one thing I am looking forward to in, in, or for in this game is now it's to cut out those penalties, the unsportsmanlike ones. Um, obviously if somebody hits a quarterback late, yes, absolutely. Take the guy out, shove him down, whatever you need to do. I'm all for that. That's great. Uh, but, face masks, uh, 15 major penalties anyway, too. Just stuff that continuously hurts the team. There was, it was when uh, uh, Dolagala got his rushing uh, touchdown. There were, th- this penalty bugs me, and it was on BC. They did it twice in a row. You're on the goal line, stay behind the line. They were offside twice in a row. Stuff like that to me, just, you you can't have that happen. Um, I know that's that's a minor penalty compared to the majors, but the stuff like that, little stuff like that that gives teams chances, that's what you have to cut out. Um, so I'm really looking to, forward to seeing if they can do that against, I mean, even with backups in there in the second half, this is going to be a tough beat or tough Winnipeg team. Hey, I think, and nothing to do with the game ahead, but can I just say the one, the stupidest penalty in the CFL right now is accidental pass interference. Just call it pass interference and move on. It's either pass interference it, or it's not. Like you, you very rarely do it on purpose. Nope. Or sorry, basically every time it happens, it's on purpose. It's just got caught. But like, stop. That is the most Canadian penalty I've ever heard. <laughs> That's the I'm sorry penalty. Stop calling it. Just call it pass interference. Let's not be those guys. Let's not be your typical I'm sorry Canadians. Anyways, I agree. Penalties are the big highlight for me as well. We want to see those discipline acts. This team had a huge issue with it last year. 
They need to shore it up. They need to, to be smarter. Well, again, that's the Riders and the Bombers this Friday at 6.30 p.m. Uh, that game, of course, will be on TSN. Looking forward to seeing that. Um, and then the cuts are coming after that. The easiest part of any coach's job, the cuts. And yes, we'll have the Simpsons reference ready to go when the cuts come out. And uh, definitely check out pifflespodcast.com because we got a whole bunch of stuff going up there lately. Uh, we'll have much more coming throughout the season. So uh, we're here to talk football all year long, and I'm excited for it this year. Uh, it's going to be a good year. Um, and also, come join us on the Badger Bowl bus trip. We only have a couple spots left. So send us a DM if you want to go to the Banjo Bowl. And, I mean, it's a great price. It's only 300 bucks That gets you there, back, hotel, ticket to the game prizes galore send us a dm at piffles pod on twitter facebook anywhere you can find us just shoot us a message and we'll gladly get you on the list um we want to fill that bad boy up that's right uh so i mean i guess until next week this is uh kind of a wrap on the preseason and the regular season starts next week Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show possible. Now, I did say no bells and whistles, so you won't hear Tyler Gilbert's Ghost Behind Your Mind, but I've got something better? Question mark? Oh, I can't wait. It's me singing it. The ghost behind your mind are waiting for you. I won't pretend to be blind like I have for so long.